I'm Cal Worthington. And I need a new butt. You need a new butt? I need a new butt. Mine has, mine has a big crack in it. <laughs> and this is Planet of the Meerkats. And you're drinking out of a meerkat mug. I am. I got it from the zoo on clearance. I got to say, though, the meerkats, it was actually at the safari park in San Diego. And the meerkats Mm -hmm. at the safari park, they do not look well. It looked like the back alley behind a a seedy bar. Like, they're all just kind of sitting there. They look sweaty and defeated. I felt really bad for them. Maybe they got COVID. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) So for the listeners out there. Uh, I think we all want to hear about the resolution to your COVID journey. Oh, it was it was stupid. <laughs> it was anticlimactic. <laughs> it was anticlimactic. <laughs> on on Tuesday, I rolled out of bed and I drove and took a COVID test, and they told me I was COVID free. So then I went home and then, and, and like uh, wiped everything down with Clorox and Lysol and washed the sheets and stuff, and that was it. Did your family have like a big banner up that said, welcome back, Dave? No, I did get a big hug from Nellie and um, Abigail <laughs> sat and chat with, chatted with me for quite a while. So I felt honored. Nice. Nice. They welcomed you back into the, the swing of things. That's great. Yeah. It was good to be back. It got really old. <laughs> I, know, I was like thinking, so we used to have a, a guest bed and now we don't for like a while because we're getting a new bed. And I was thinking, oh shit, if we have to quarantine. Where are we get, where, where's the sick person going to sleep? <laughs> like you had an extra bed, like we'll yeah. just be <laughs> on the floor. Have fun on the floor down in the office. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I'm <laughs> just right, amazed so got... that nobody else got it. Like we successfully I quarantined. I was very proud of us. That's awesome. What are we talking about today? Uh, we're going to talk about NFL logos and band books and emojis. Emojis. Yeah. I wanted to ask, have, did you go see Jackass 4 yet? I have not. Or Jackass Forever, I guess is what it's called. Yeah, it, it surprisingly one was rated four stars on RogerEbert.com. And uh, basically they were like, this movie does exactly what it set out to do. It's a, a good meditation on aging. And like, it was really a glowing review. I mean, mm-hmm. so I, I do want to see Jackass 4. I was talking with a friend about it and kind of speculating about how much of, like, I, there's been some retrospectives prior to this movie because it, you know, was slated to come out last year, I think. Mm-hmm. And they pushed it back because of COVID. And I'm wondering, like, how much of that is nostalgia for, you know, a simpler time? Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. Or just the fact that, like, they always, the Jackass crew has kind of always just been who they are. Like, I feel like they're pretty authentic and genuine and likable. And that goes a long way. It does. Um, it does. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they're pretty charismatic. John Knoxville mm-hmm. and Steve-O and Wee Man, like the, the, they're all like pretty li- like likable on film. But I think so they, go to the... they fit in well with like the YouTube generation. Yeah. They sort of yeah. felt like a precursor to that. I mean, we were texting about this, but back when Jackass first came out, I mean, we were hugely influenced by that. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if YouTube had been a thing back then, we probably would have tried to be sort of YouTube copycats. Uh, and we would, bo- we would both be like paraplegics today. 
Remember that time when uh, you were on, we had those little scooters that we bought at Long's for $10 uh-huh. and you fell outside the Taco Bell and Pinole and like bruised your coccyx really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at that age, you know, you heal so fast, but it still took a while. Yeah. Imagine doing that now. <laughs> I mean, it'd be Johnny like a Knoxville's, permanent disability. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville's 50 and I, I can't imagine doing those stunts on your own because like. We're at the age where like you'll you'll be like reaching for a tortilla chip and you'll pull something and it will take like three weeks to heal. Like Yeah, it'll be like a... <laughs> you wake up in the morning, your back sore, it's like, man, doing the dishes yesterday really, really mm-hmm. strained my back. Yeah, let alone being shot out of a cannon into a giant a giant's ball sack or whatever they're doing for Jackass 4. Spe- <laughs> speaking of stunts, Abigail and I went to go see the movie Nightmare Alley, the new Guillermo del mm-hmm. Toro movie. Which I'll just say the movie was fantastic. Like performances all around were great. It was in black and white and like one of the most beautiful movies I've seen in a long time. But man, that movie was bleak as shit. Oh yeah. And uh to the point where like Abigail came out, she's like, I hate that movie. I hate that character. I never <laughs> want to see that again. <laughs> it, I mean, would, review. Yeah, it would go with like if you were doing a triple feature, it would go with like "There Will Be Blood" and uh, "No Country for Old Men" in terms of like <laughs> movies that was just like really bleak endings. I remember The Road being like a super bleak movie. Yep, like that one being like, "Wow, th- that sucked the <laughs> life out of me for months to come." <laughs> yeah, I read the book The Road, and oh man, the book's even more so. It's like people eating babies, and yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, no, thank you. <laughs> so I feel like this conversation around emojis is kind of on the back of what we talked about last week around language. Mm-hmm. Language is always shifting, but we're in the middle of a kind of big shift. But yeah, what were you uh, what were you thinking about this one? Well, I mean, I was thinking about in terms of like the way that our language is shifted and sort of a lot of people look down at emojis, right? It's mm-hmm. like... Uh, uh, it, it's sort of a, a. It's like, well, well, you know, use emojis. You're not, you're not really communicating in a way that's acceptable. And mm-hmm. a lot of people abuse emojis, right? So, mm-hmm. for instance, Nelly, she'll send me a text with eight thousand hearts and smiley faces <laughs> and things, right? But at the same time, like, I think it's an effective, it's an effective tool for, for conveying tone. You know, I send a lot of emails at work and it's easy to come across in an email as being uh, like angry or, you know, and if you just want to convey a lighter tone, you throw a happy emoji on at the end of your sentence. And it, it sort of changes the entire tone of the email. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was looking, the emoji actually has a pretty long history. There was a transcript from an Abraham Lincoln speech in 1862, where he wrote a smiling winky face. Uh, so that could be the first emoji. And then, uh, the first in the transcript, in the transcript of a speech. And how did he, did you go back and listen to the speech? Like, how did he represent that? I didn't listen to the the, speech in the transcript. Was he just like, was that a reminder? Probably for for his, like his inflection. It was like, yeah, it was, it was notes on tone. Yeah. It's like, you're supposed to be smiling at this part. Yeah. The first email smiley face was sent in 1982. Uh, by a guy named Scott Fallman. And then uh, the emojis were invented as a separate thing in the 90s by a Japanese gentleman named Shigetaka Kurita. And now they're enshrined in sort of 
standard um, characters. Mm-hmm. And now that we're communicating so much, communicating so much across cultures and across languages, like a smiley face is one of the few ways, few things that everybody understands, right? I think it like also rises to the level of an art form mm-hmm. because <laughs> especially with like bitmojis and um, different emoji keyboards you can add and you know, whatever Apple calls its emojis, I forget. Uh, fa- face Facetune? No, that's mm-hmm. not it. But yeah, I mean, like the the ability to combine different emojis to evoke different themes, to evoke different feelings, to as a as a vehicle for comedy and humor. I think it's interesting. Well, now there's hundreds of them. There's ones for all the flags of the world, uh, including for ignorant people. They always use the Puerto Rico flag because it has that nice big white star. Um, and then uh, instead of using the American flag, the and you know you can change the skin tone of your emoji to match your own skin tone. Like it's 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 kind of an interesting way watching language develop. And I wonder how long before this becomes sort of a. a something that appears you know a lot in like literature and things you know could Mm -hmm. the next ulysses have emojis Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah or if they evolve into something else even i mean right now they seem to have gotten super complex i mean Mm -hmm. there's you go through your emoji keyboard and there's literally hundreds of them yeah um i mean do i need the emoji for both a male fairy and a female fairy as well as half of a train, uh, four different monkey, emo- five different monkey emojis, a spider emoji. I mean, do I need a snowman emoji? I don't know. Like, <laughs> do they have a meerkat emoji? They do not. Yeah. See, they do have a service dog you... emoji. <laughs> well, I'm not taking it seriously until there's a meerkat emoji. They should have Planet of the Service Dogs. That could be our new <laughs> podcast. <laughs> And a service dog is obviously you you know one when you see one because it has that little harness on it, right? Yeah. And there's plenty of non-service dogs where people put the harness on so they can bring them into the grocery store. Yeah. They abuse the policy. What about your service, your support turtle? (laughs) (laughs) Support ostrich. (laughs) I want to like ride an ostrich around. That'd be pretty cool. It'd be like my mount. Oh, man. So speaking of animals, we got the Super Bowl coming up. Uh, Yes. Wait, not not today, right? <laughs> next next Sunday. Next Sunday, yeah. They're skipping a week for the Pro Bowl. Spoiler alert: Rams versus Bengals. Um, and we we wanted to break this down and, and turn this into a battle of the helmet logos. So who <laughs> who of these two teams has the best helmet? I think that's a no brainer. The Bengals, personally, for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their their helmet is just super classic. The way the stripes yeah. are, and yeah, yeah. I went in and broke it down into a bunch of different subcategories, but I'll start with the helmet. In my estimation, the two best helmets are the Bengals and the Vikings. And my rationale for that is that like the Bengals, it's not a logo. Mm-hmm. Like they actually, use, I feel like the Bengals and the Vikings use the helmet as like a representation of the team mascot rather than just slapping a logo on it, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I actually had the Vikings on top. And then the Eagles. I really like the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Their logo is so classic, and the colors are great. And then yeah. I had the Bengals at number three. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, I think straight up logo, best logo, Raiders. Raiders? Yeah. See, I I think the uh, piracy trope is too overused. We have the Raiders and the Buccaneers <laughs> using it. 
Yeah. I know, but the Raiders one is like, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's the most metal, fucking hardcore logo there is in all of sports. So I'm, I'm going to go for my best logo, the Jets. Okay. Super okay. classic, like green and white. It's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then I, I, after that, I put the Bengals, which I thought okay. too many of the animal logos in the NFL, they look like Art Deco nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and the, the Bengals do have a really good, do a really good job. You know, it's a B with the stripes, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. because of a tiger, like, you know what team it is. And, mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's good. Yeah. Uh, the, another animal logo done right was the dolphins. Yeah. It didn't look like a art deco, you know, like drunken dream. Uh, outside of the helmet and the logo. And mm. I actually think the chargers have, mm awesome uniforms like just looking at the way the way that the road home and alternate kind Mm -hmm. of all match together i think it's awesome and then for that honorable mention 49ers they also have such a great set i I agree with the 49ers i had them tied with the packers um they're both Mm -hmm. their home uniforms as being the best i really like the bold colors that the teams use with the home uh home uniforms Mm -hmm. um and we had a big during the playoffs we had a big I wouldn't say argument. It was more of a sort of a friendly banter about the fact that the Cowboys insist on wearing their away jerseys all the time. Yeah. So when the 49ers came, they had to wear their home jerseys in Dallas. <laughs> it, sometimes it makes you question like what the strategy is. Like if that's the look you want, make that your home jersey. Yeah. Like that should be your primary. There's just, I feel like especially in baseball now, there's an over-reliance on alternates. Yeah. Um, and it gets to be confusing. Like what is the alternate used for? It doesn't seem to be a lot of consistency among the teams in, in uniform application. Speaking of alternates, the Seahawks Alt 2 uniform, mm-hmm. which is this bright neon green, <laughs> is the, is tied with me for the worst home uniform with the Rams home <laughs> uniform, which is like this color blue that nobody should ever use. Yeah. Are those color rush? Do you remember that Nike was doing the color rush things where it was like the... They, the really, really bright colors and the pants and the jersey were both bright colors. Uh, the Seahawks ones are color rushed. And I'm yeah. not sure about the Rams. I just yeah. know that blue in the Rams one, man. That's a bad blue. I also think the Cowboys are great. But mm-hmm. I think somehow still kind of boring. Like, I, I feel like the star is so classic. Yeah. But they could do a little bit more. Yeah. Bills have an awesome logo. Mm-hmm. The Browns, despite... Not really having a logo, their uniforms are still pretty. Dope. Their uniforms are they, like I have them down is the best helmet use of a terrible logo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like their logo. Somebody pointed out on the internet that the it actually looks like a rabbit using a walker when you zoom in, <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally true. But like the orange helmets look really good mm-hmm. as a logo, it's terrible. Yeah. You know, what are the Browns? Are they, are they just like the shit? Like, if you look up, if you look up logos, sometimes their logo is literally just the helmet. So yeah. like the helmet is the, like, the but whole it's not a brown helmet even. I know. It's orange. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Chargers, Colts, Cowboys, Giants, all awesome. Yeah. Packers, I really like the Giants. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Packers yeah. are great. I mean, green and gold. I mean, getting to color schemes, you've just got some classic color schemes. Like the green and gold, you really can't go wrong with that. One one oh. um, logo I really like that you haven't mentioned, I don't think, is the Steelers. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. a, a great 
uh, logo, I think. Also great, but they need to change the name, is the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I put that down under worst mascot. It's like, come on, change your name to the Arrowheads. You don't even have to change your logo. Just become yeah. like the the Arrowheads or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have a good overall look. Like they wouldn't yeah. have to do much, which is my quibble with the Commanders is that I feel like the the WFT like scheme and overall like actually didn't look terrible and they could have built on that a little more rather than tearing it down yeah and adding in like i think my my quibble with them is more that they have road home and alt jerseys look completely different like there's mm-hmm. no there's no real through line there and and that i think is you know definitely points deducted i think overall i do like the classic look they pursued but i i, I think it's a step down from the washington football team stuff which mm-hmm. everybody laughed when that's that's what they started calling themselves and then they walked yeah. out in the field it's like it actually works pretty well that's yeah. like, that's the ball yeah yeah <laughs> it kind of feels old school in a way you know when when these teams started like they didn't necessarily have mascots they were just like a yeah. bunch of people getting together to play right you just called it you know, football team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of mascots, my favorite mascot is the Ravens. I think it's uh-huh. cool that they named themselves after the Poe poem for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily, th- I think their logo is too busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a mascot, I think that's good. I will say that the worst helmet color award goes mm-hmm. to the Saints. Uh, yeah. Like, it's like this weird, it's not even a good gold. Like the 49ers have a good gold. Mm-hmm. The Saints gold is like fool's mm-hmm. gold or something. And then uh, yeah. the Jaguars, they have a good logo, but the helmet use is awful. The Jaguars, to me, don't have any consistency yeah. in what they're doing. It feels like they don't have a real identity. The Getting to the Saints, though, I think say, what I don't understand about the Saints and to that extent, like the Pelicans, too, like any New Orleans team, like why? Like I know the Jazz used to be based in mm-hmm. New Orleans, and they have the classic Mardi Gras color scheme that they just imported to Utah. Yeah. But the current New Orleans teams don't use that Mardi Gras color scheme, and it's kind of like, why are you not using yeah. that? It's like classic New Orleans. Like, where does the gold and black tie into New Orleans? I don't know. Maybe we should get a New Orleansologist on here who can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I have this. I have a a, a tie for the stupidest look. The, okay. the first the first thing is the receiving gloves where you have to do like overlapping jazz hands to complete the logo. <laughs> and then the, the other thing is players wearing headphones on the sidelines. Like you can't pay attention to the game. You have to listen to music. Are they listening to music or are they listening to the coaches? I thought they were listening to I've music. Wondered that. <laughs> I know that they have earpieces in their helmets now so that they can all communicate. Yeah. But I mean, I remember Colin Kaepernick used to wear, he got in trouble for wearing Beats headphones and they weren't the oh, yeah. Bose ones that were approved. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, just pay attention to the oh, game. What, so what, wait, so go back. What was, what was the worst logo? My worst end? logo um, uh, was the Browns. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just because it I... looks like a rabbit with a walker. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. I think that the Texans and the Titans are both really bad. Yeah. I think they're just really they're really boring. Is what they well, are. and I mean Texans. I, I applaud them from changing the name for the Oilers, but like, come on, the Texans. I don't know. There's so many iconic things in Texas that could have named themselves after, and they're just Texans. Mm-hmm. Like that would be like the 49ers becoming the Californians, or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of phone that one in. Yeah. And I? what what did Titans have to do with Tennessee? Are there titans know. of industry there? Are there actual Greek titans? Like, what do they not have any cool animals in Tennessee? 
Could they not be like the Kings? I just have to say, I think there's a whole slew of teams that had amazing looks and they have fine looks now, mm. but they they had older uniforms that were like much more striking. I, the, the bucks remember the creamsicle. Uniforms? Oh yeah. I know some people like hated those, but I thought those were cool. Like all white with light orange. Yeah. I, I've been, I'm waiting for the um, Bucks now. Like they've had their little moment moment in the sun with Tom Brady, and now Tom Brady's retiring, mm-hmm. and they're going to just like fade back into obscurity and have it'd be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the Ram- can we talk about the Rams? The Rams have like one of the most classic looks ever, and for some reason they change. Yeah, it makes no totally. sense. You have the coolest, like most. It's it doesn't even have to be retro. It's just super mm-hmm. classic and. It's kind of like the 49ers. Like they tried to remember briefly in 94, mm-hmm. they tried to change their logo to this weird clip arty sort of yeah. thing. And it, even in 94, people were like, no, no, fuck that. <laughs> like, that's ugly. And they they like reverted that decision. The Rams should have done that. They should have been like, no, we're not messing with this classic look. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Maybe one day they'll go back. <laughs> All right. So who you got for this game? What, what who you think's oh, gonna I think win? the Bengals are gonna win. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like it. I, I I would like a West Coast team to win, but I think the Bengals are going to win. Well, historically, they've only ever played the 49ers. <laughs> and they've lost. Bowl, and they've like... always lost. So. <laughs> <laughs> so now's their time. Go yeah, I was waiting for the rematch, but, you know, the 49ers couldn't seal the deal. <laughs> That's the problem with the Niners. They're good for like half a game. So where do you where do you fall on the, the Trey Lance situation? We never really talked about that. I know that... Um, I'm sure that like you have opinions on this. Uh, I mean, I think Garoppolo is a good quarterback like half the time, and he just can't mm-hmm. sustain it. I think he gets as soon as he gets a lead, he gets overconfident and starts making mistakes. It's hard to it's hard to criticize that because they made it to the NFC Championship game. But like but, you watch those like, games, it's yeah, almost in spite like, of him. He right? was being carried along by Bosa and you know by by his his whole team. You know they had a, a great great defense and. Yeah, I don't think we're going to keep Garoppolo. Yeah. He's probably going to get traded to the Bucks or something. And uh, yeah. he's a good-looking man, though. He's like the best-looking quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> he also seems like a nice guy. I, got, I mean, oh yeah, I got. I have no no uh, negative words about him other than the fact that he's yeah. Like, well, he's you fine. know, he's both he's both like physically, fine, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and he's like a fine quarterback. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right, well, I guess I'll take the Rams then if you're taking the Bengals, just so we have something to let's let's bet some money, Dave. Let's bet some NFTs. Bet some NFTs, okay. <laughs> I bet you an, an, an NFT turds. of this episode. <laughs> you got it. I was it. So, uh, oh yeah, let's move on. T- tell me about the cowgirl in your. So kitchen. when we moved in, there were there was lots of like random stuff, and there were some like random nails in the walls, and someone took this stupid little cowgirl toy and just like made her hang on to the nail and it's just stuck there so for three years there's been this random cowgirl hanging hanging from the wall in our kitchen like you just like you just didn't take it down or if it's let's no say, no we just didn't stuck. take it down okay okay it just kind of got me like musing on found decorations in houses like how sometimes uh-huh. you do something silly or stupid and it just sticks and it becomes a part of the house's identity and they also left us with this weird round mirror. They had all these little spikes sticking out of it. 
there was a pain to throw out because uh-huh. it was larger than our trash can. <laughs> Did you ever figure out how yeah, to Yeah, I just bent some of the things you take and to the dump? Kind of forced it in. So we we had something similar to that, which we didn't look at quite as fondly, but we had a old antenna <laughs> on the roof. <laughs> and it, it had a, a like a cord that was hanging down that ran alongside the fireplace. And, you know, just kind of forgot about it, but it was definitely unsightly. And it was there for 10 years. And we recently had the house painted. And we asked the guys, could you just <laughs> take that down? And now we're in the same situation you just described where it's too big to go in the trash can. And so I either have to <laughs> physically wrangle it and bend it or take it to the dump. And I'm so thus far too lazy to do either. You of should things, like turn so it into an art project. This giant to a giant spider or something. <laughs> Is it like an aerial, like one of those old school aerial antennas? No, I think it was like a, it's like, it's like just too large, mm. barely too large to fit in our trash can. It's not that big. It feels like it's like a dish TV uh, sort of situation, but it also could be older than that. You know, I'm not. I'm not entirely up on satellite. Well, and I, I want to. Uh, what's the opposite of a shout out? Like an anti shout out to to satellite guys because they'll come and install the satellite things and then you cancel, and then never come back and get them. So you're stuck with this satellite on your roof forever. <laughs> yeah, it's endanger yourself yeah. to climb up and it's get like, it. Come on, guys. Come get your equipment. <laughs> they want the stupid, the stupid DVR for fifteen from fifteen years ago that you have in your house. You got to go through great mm-hmm. lengths to return that, mm-hmm. but they don't give a shit about the actual antenna. <laughs> so, did you and Brahman feel? Did you go through the phase where family members or friends would be getting rid of furniture and you would take it because you were like, you know, I don't want to replace, pay to replace this thing, and it's an upgrade, and then you realize that like you have all of this stuff that's just kind of like oh, a totally. mishmash. So we're we're like actively in the process of trying to kind of replace things, and it's expensive. I have to say, it's like I know this is money. money we we saved money in the past by not making these decisions, but now it's like, well, oh my god, we, we have this, this rocking thing. chair, it's a rocking like recliner chair, or not recliner. It's like a I don't know. It's like a stuffed chair that you sit in. It rocks. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, and the thing's like really old, and it's got like food stains on it, and. Mm-hmm. We were getting rid of it, so we 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 purchased a a lazy boy, which is was due to be here last month. Mm-hmm. Lazy boy, and uh, it <laughs> is now due to be here at the end of this month. And uh, I'm excited to get rid of this kind of ugly blue chair in our, our living room. Did you tweet at lazy boy? That's what you got to do now, right? When you're mad at a brand, if it doesn't come on when it's supposed to come this month, I'm definitely tweeting at lazy boy. I'm gonna be like, you lazy boys, you have the clout to like. <laughs> do you have the clout to go viral on a lazy boy screen? no i mean i if i do say so myself i did have a tweet get liked by like 34 people last month so my, my clout's improving wow. uh <laughs> you're gonna be yeah. an influencer soon because your content is so hot <laughs> <laughs> moving on to hot content let's talk about banned books and uh yeah, you you have a you have a list going here of the most banned books. Yeah, so like uh, I don't true? have a list going. I was just looking at different banned books. It seems like if it's a book about being gay or a book about racism, people love to ban it. Um, mm-hmm. One book that is appear appears on a lot of banned books lists, which I think is hilarious, is the Decameron by Boccaccio. And my question is like. <laughs> Our kids like out like looking for old Italian literature and they're like, oh shit, Boccaccio. <laughs> but recently a Tennessee school district banned uh Maz by uh 
Art Spiegelman, which of course is about the Holocaust and won the Pulitzer Prize. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, this idea of banning books because subjects are too difficult for kids. Like you don't necessarily have to put it in front of them, but they shouldn't be accessible. You know, um, I don't know. I, I was telling mm-hmm. Abigail about banning books and she was like, what the hell? They banned books? What are we in Nazi Germany? Like she was absolutely shocked. And it, it just, it really pisses me off because I think education is a key and educating yourself about difficult subjects and about things that you don't necessarily agree with, like is really important. I'm sure that a lot of this in this day and age comes down to access. Like, you know, in 1954, if you're banning books and the only way to get a book is, you know, through school or through a bookstore or the library and it's not there, you just don't have access to that information. Nowadays, like if, if you want to educate your kid and the school district's not providing that book, you can just well, buy it on Amazon, right? But it, I guess if you don't have the money or the means to have that access... But part of the problem are, are the parents, right? And the parents don't have any interest mm-hmm. in educating their kid on these difficult subjects because they're uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. the sub, the parents may not even have come to terms with it. And so these kids miss out on that piece of their education. You know, education is supposed to be yeah. difficult at times. You're supposed to, It's supposed to be challenge you to think in other people's shoes. And, you know not letting kids have a discussion about racism or not letting kids have a discussion about homosexuality mm-hmm. is just, it's, it's a real, it's, it's a problem, right? You, you, they need to be able to have mm-hmm. these discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's different and mm-hmm. these books represent a lot of different viewpoints. Well, that's one reason why college seems so shocking. Sometimes you get to college and you start learning about all these things that you weren't necessarily faced with in uh, mm-hmm. elementary school and high school you know, all these, you know, especially history, like you take a history class in college and it's like, holy shit, you know, what I learned is definitely just a tiny piece of it. And there's all these other things that were happening. Mm-hmm. What is the end game with this? You know, I can see it going one of two ways. Like it has the effect that it is intended to keep people, you know, uneducated and in the dark about our history. Or, you know, you get a, you get a backlash. And, um, you know, things like Harry Potter are banned. Like that's just going to make Harry Potter more popular than it already is. That's kind of what I'm, I I just kind of feel like the, this is going to backfire in the end because there are always going to be people who don't want to seek out that information and don't and remain in the dark. But I think a lot of people are going to find it regardless of whether it's officially banned. Well, there's a lot of books on, on this list that are pop common or not commonly are banned. A lot of the time they're the amongst the top Mm -hmm. banned books. But, um, you know, we were actually taught them in school, uh, you know, from mm-hmm. uh, Huck Finn, Brave New World, Animal Farm. Like, why would you be an Animal Farm? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> who who is still who is still reading these and being yeah. like, oh, shit, like these books are old. I mean, not to say that old books can't be revelatory or revolutionary, but like there's other more contemporary stuff that chat that, you know, covers the same topical yeah. ground. Slaughterhouse five, <laughs> like Fahrenheit four fifty one. Like these are all. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I, I don't know. Banned books trying to control education in that way. You know, there's a law that was, is, is proposed in Oklahoma, which would put video cameras in the classrooms. And then if the teachers teach us something that parents don't agree with, they get to sue them for $10,000. Who's going to, who, what teacher is going to teach in that environment? Uh, you know, Oklahoma already has all sorts of issues with education system, right? Aren't they pe- teaching four days a week right now? Because yeah. it can't, it's generally a hostile work <laughs> environment. I feel like we're in for this future where a lot of the people working in, 
in these sort of critical spaces in our society are just going to make different decisions like healthcare mm -hmm. workers like if you're in in the shadow of covid you know if you've gone through this traumatic experience well and really why it? why like, would you want to be a nurse or a physician's assistant or a doctor yeah. in in a hospital when their lives are made absolute hell by people who refuse to get vaccinated are we going to end up in a world with just like there's going to be some places where there's just no no people, no nurses working in hospitals, no teachers working in the schools. And are those people going to be happy about that society they've created? Oh, no. Then the, the, they'll just blame the woke Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a boogeyman. <laughs> Dang, dude. What a bummer yeah, note no. to close on. Can we talk about, can we like close on something happier than that? What, do you, what are you doing the rest uh, of the I'm day? I'm going to go get some new glasses. My current glasses are all scratched up. And Sweet. even though my prescription hasn't changed, I'm going to go go bust over to the glasses store and get some new glasses. Sick. That's yeah, sick I'm going to get like some Sunday, really dude. thick like red frames. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, Please uh, do that. I love when That'd people awesome. make fashion statements with their glasses. Although I never make fashion statements with my glasses. If you were looking at my glasses over the last like 10 years, they all look exactly the same. <laughs> it's never too late, man. <laughs> I have to clear out this entire office today because we're getting new ah. carpet in here. And I'm not looking forward to it because, as you may know, I have many, many records here. And records are they're a pain heavy in the ass to move. Especially when you get like a crate of them. They're heavy and then they're like yeah. slipping out of your hands. And like... <laughs> You're like that guy in the clip art with all the oranges. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like wearing he's wearing like business casual. He's got an arm full of oranges. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh I hope that you find frames next, that really next week to you when you see me. I flatter look totally your face. Different. I look I look forward to it. I'm gonna be like, wait, who are you? Do I have yeah. a new co-host? Oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, it is Dave. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Peace out. Peace out. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to The Planet of the Meerkats. Goodbye. The Meerkats are David Garrison and Neil Fries. Our theme song is by the one and only Tawny Frogmouth. You can subscribe to Planet of the Meerkats wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll find links to all of our social accounts at planetofthemeerkats.com. We're trying to send a little old-fashioned positivity into your ears, so your support means a lot to us. Thanks for listening. <laughs>